0: But I tell you, tonight, you're in for a special treat. Because he is going to be more powerful, more exuberant, more excited. Not simply because the president is here, but somebody else is here. And you've heard about her every night this week. But that's been a wonderful thing. His lovely wife Connie is here. We're glad to have you here with us. Let's give her a hand. Amen, amen. I want to thank Sister Renee Dabney and and Sister Bray, who's going to uh, call for our offering, for assisting me today. Brothers and sisters, I feel wonderful today. It's the Sabbath. I don't have to worry about work. I'm just excited. And I'm glad to see so many of you out today, this evening. So you are going to have a blessed time. This time we're going to receive our offering. What? Say amen one more time. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the blood of Jesus. Where would we be were it not for the blood? You see, at the very thought of the blood, demons tremble. Hell's gates are rattled. Satan is discomforted when he thinks about the blood of Jesus. I thank you so much for that reminder. That's what it's all about, to focus on the blood. Good evening, everyone. Those of you that are watching via the internet, good evening to you as well. I know it's a stretch for those on the East Coast that have contacted me, it's almost 11 o'clock, but we appreciate it greatly. And then some of you traveled by bus and car through traffic. You went, caught rides with people, yet you've been here every night. And while it may have seemed a sacrifice, now your reward will be in heaven. Jesus has seen how faithful you are and he has something for you, for your faithfulness. So I want you to know God is pleased and I am too. Elder Rock, thank you for lunch yesterday, I appreciated that a lot. That was some good food, man, that was some good food and good fellowship that we all had together. I'm appreciative to be able to have eaten with the team. We are also honored this evening to have the president of the Nevada Utah Conference and his wife, Larry and Rhonda Unterseer very pleased to have both of you here we praise god out of your busy schedule being president you found time to come to las vegas and to be here this evening we praise god for that and i look and i see the utucks and mitchell's from new and living way the young men that are that are working very diligently in ensuring that the uh, youth rally in a few months goes off without a hitch. I appreciate you very much, Lauren, as the pastor of that church. Uh, We appreciate your ministry, appreciate you all being here this evening. And I would be remiss... There's one more person here this evening. Perhaps you may have noticed, but about 11.25 this morning, the pep in my step was quickened even more. And I was so pleased in the McCarran Airport as I sat and I turned around and I looked and I saw I could only imagine how Adam must have felt. When on that creation day, he opened his eyes and saw the princess Eve in front of him. For her bags beat her down and I picked up the suitcase and I was waiting and I turned around. It was like a voice in my head said, David, this is the way, look ye in it. And I listened to the voice of the Lord and who should I see? Hallelujah. (laughs) It has been nine days. My Lord, and, Connie, I'm so... <laughs> yeah, you know. I love you so much. I'm just honored that, yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, let's do this. <laughs> You have a Bible, please join me in turning to the Book of Luke. And this evening I'd like for us to look at the twenty-third chapter of the Book of Luke. And we will consider verses 28 through 31. Luke, the twenty-third chapter. And we will look at verses twenty-eight. Through 31. I will read from the New King James Version of the Bible. It reads But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the greenwood, Or as it says in the King James, for if they do these things in the green tree, what shall be done in the dry? This evening we're gonna talk on the topic, mercy said no. Mercy said no, let us pray and now God our Father, this is your day, it's your holy Sabbath. We, your people, have gathered because we need a word from you. Disappoint us not and allow the free working of your Holy Spirit to fill this place so that everyone that hears me will receive the blessing that you have prepared because you have been here. We commit this evening to you now, for we ask these mercies and favors in Jesus' name, amen. It only happens about once a year or so my son tells me. The weather has changed in Reno. We had gotten accustomed to the warm weather But then this chill hit and uh, we were recording temperatures in the 30s and 40s and even though I've come from Michigan several years ago, that is out of my system (laughs) and it was cold to me. My wife is always cold, so it was cold to her. I believe even our cat was cold. But there's one in the household who shares my name, who never gets cold. This boy, wears shorts all the time, and I tell him, David, you're going to get sick. No, Dad, I will not get sick. You see, it's only once a year that David gets sick. I don't know how he does it. I get sick quite often. David Jr., no. He does not get sick, Uh, but once a year, and I was out of town a few weeks ago, and Connie told me that David Jr. was sick. This was his once a year. He was feverish. He, he didn't want to eat anything. He didn't want to play video games. He didn't want to go to school. Well, <laughs> that's when he's well too, I guess. But David just wanted to stay in the bed. And I'd call and say, Dave, what's up, man? Oh. like, wow, he must really be sick. It was so bad that my wife took an onion Cut the onion, hallelujah. Placed it in his sock by the grace of God and put the sock on his foot and the onion began to draw the fever out of his body. Took it out, they tell me, and the onion was practically cooked from all the fever that he had inside of him. I knew that David must have been sick for real to let mommy do that for him. I hated hearing about his illness. And I can imagine that you, those of you with children, you do not like it when your children get sick. It does something for you. If you have a spouse, you don't like it when your spouse gets sick. Hey, hey, if you have yourself, you really don't like it when you get sick. Because when you catch a cold, you are not the most energetic of people. When you begin to get sick, you have to force yourself to concentrate on the task at hand, especially if you used all those sick days up. (laughs) You go and sequester yourself so you can sneeze in there all by yourself, and you do all you can to get everything done. And you especially, when you are sick and your kids come up to you with problems, he took my book again, he won't give me this, it bothers you because you're just trying to maintain sanity and the kids are acting up. When you've had a hard day, when you're sick, when your body is drained, you admittedly become very self-centered. You think about yourself. You want your suit, you want your blanket, you want your pillow, and you want that remote control. And anybody else, and you got to sneeze on it a few times to make sure nobody else will grab it. And anybody else, they're there for the sole purpose to bring you stuff. (laughs) Whatever you need and you can get sicker even uh, just to get more hallelujah it's easy to become self-centered when you're sick or when you have had a hard or rough day but in our passage for the evening Jesus had had a bad day (laughs) he had had a hard day a day harder than any of us have ever Faced. It started off with a Last Supper. And just the terminology of that gives you the feeling that there's some finality to this. He's sitting there and he he, he says uh, to them, one of you will betray me. And they all ask, is it I, is it I, is it I? And then they get to Judas. Judas says, is it I? And the Bible says that Jesus looked at Judas and said, yes, it is you. Which points out clearly, Jesus knew what Judas was going to do. The others perhaps didn't hear this, for they thought he was going to handle some business, which he was. He had had a rough day. He went to the garden to pray. And he brought three of the remaining 11 in close and said, I just need you to pray with me. Have you ever asked anybody to pray for you before? And you know you need them, you, you counting on those prayers. Jesus had this huge thing about to happen. He goes over there to see the people praying for him and they're snoring louder than me, Connie. All three of them, if that's possible, she says it's not. But they're knocked out. Jesus said, could you not wait with me for just a little? Jesus, I got you. I was meditating. That noise you heard was the music of my meditation. It goes, that's what it is. We got you, Jesus. Go on, go on. He looks back again. They're meditating again. It had been a rough day for Jesus. He had been uh, beaten badly. He was taken from one court to the other. He was stripped of his clothes. And then as he's walking uh, to another location, he he, he looks and he sees someone familiar. Come on, David. He sees somebody familiar. He's thinking, that looks like Peter. That's somebody. I, I, I knew Peter wouldn't let me down. And just as he's walking past, he hears Peter say, I don't know the man. And the Bible says that at that moment when Peter said that, he turned and who should be standing right there but Jesus. Jesus heard one of his own deny that he even knew him. So, yes, it was a hard day for Jesus. The yanking of his beard, the crown of thorns, the beating, no strength, no food, nothing to drink for hours. This was one of those days. And then to top it off, they give him a cross to carry. When I haven't eaten for a while, I don't even want to carry myself, let alone something that's exceptionally heavy. I, I-, I wanted to know just how heavy this thing was. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, some some people say that it was uh, uh, if he carried the entire cross, both sections, that was about 170 pounds, or 76 kilograms. There are others who feel that may have been too heavy, so he may have just carried the crossbar, which is estimated to have weighed around 31 kilograms or 70 pounds. Either way, that's heavy. Whether it's 70 or 170, that's heavy with loss of blood, loss of food, or non-taking of food, I guess. It was a rough day. Just a short time earlier, Everybody was saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. And then a few seconds later, a few days later, crucifying, we want Barabbas. Who's that guy anyway? Jesus had been sentenced to death by Pilate. Seemingly all the known and unknown worlds have gathered to witness this sight. So it is in that context that our text begins. We see Jesus carrying the cross. He falls underneath the weight of the cross. He he, he forces himself to get back up. And there are people that Roman soldiers that are beating him. People that are jeering all around him. But he forces himself to get back up on the cross, and he can't. He, he's really not zoned in in what's going on around him, all of the chatter. But the Bible says that that one thing captured his attention a group of women began to cry. These women are genuinely sad at this turn of event. They are weeping for him as a mother would weep for her son. They are weeping at all of the injustice. They are weeping because they feel he is Innocent. In their minds, they just know he's innocent. These are true tears, sincere tears. So these tears captured the attention of Jesus. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that when I cry, I can capture Jesus' attention. I'm so glad that the God who sits high and looks low is concerned with my tears. I'm so glad that when I have a bad day, When I don't feel like doing anything, Jesus is right there being sympathetic when I have given so much to everyone else and my own tank is empty. Have you ever been there before? When my tank is empty, I'm so glad that he's like Chevron. He's right there and he can fill my tank back up too. I'm so glad that I serve a kind of Jesus that's concerned, with every aspect of my well-being. Yes, their tears captured his attention. But Jesus' reaction to the tears puzzled me when I first read this text a long time ago. I, I didn't really understand where he was coming from. You have women crying, he's carrying the cross. Jesus stops, the women are thinking perhaps he'll say a word to us, he'll, he'll say thank you for crying. And Jesus looks at him and says, Weep not for me. Don't cry for me. Desire of Ages, page 743. He was not indifferent to the expressions of grief. He looked upon these women with tender compassion. He knew that they were not believers in him. He knew that they were not lamenting him as one sent from God, but were moved by feelings of human pity. He didn't want their sympathy but he wanted a, uh, he wanted to awaken in a, a, or he had a deeper sympathy for them he was concerned about them he said daughters of jerusalem weep not for me but weep for yourselves and for your children what a strange response one would think, from Jesus. I'm sure the the women must have thought that. Try to be sympathetic to somebody and see how they act? That's why you can't be nice to anybody. But Jesus had a broader picture in mind. He was looking to the time of Jerusalem's destruction, and in looking at those women, he knew that some of those same women, if they did not get it together, would be destroyed with Jerusalem. And they would be perishing with their own children. He wanted them to get their priorities straight. Don't have sympathy just because of what I'm going through. Think about what's coming up on you. Weep not for me. And then he began to uh, uh, go farther in time. He came to October 30. 2009 a- 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 and he saw he saw the the final destruction that is it is to come so he would say there are people that will call for the mountains to fall on them or the hills to cover them to escape the Doom. He wanted mankind, come on David, he wanted mankind to be saved at any cost. He didn't want the suffering to be on him. We feel sorry for you, Jesus. We, 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 we sympathize with you. No, weep not for me. Don't worry about what I'm going through. Get yourselves together. He didn't want the attention on his suffering per se, but on our need for a Savior. He didn't want us to get distracted distracted by other things that are good in their own right, but he wanted us to stay focused on our need for a Savior. He didn't want us to be sitting there weeping because our kids don't act right in church. Don't weep. For me, Uh, he didn't want us to be all concerned so much so with how they're dressing that we'll keep them out if they don't come dressed right. Don't weep for me if they don't talk right the way you want them to sound. And you get so distracted by that that you lose the greater goal. Don't weep for me if they go get their nose pierced and their belly button pierced and you put them out the house because of how they look because you're not concerned about soul salvation, but you're more concerned about what your friends, what your neighbors, what the church people are going to think. If that's your child that's pregnant, that's your child with the nose ring, that's your child with the toe ring, that's your child with the tattoo on his arm, you don't want them in there, weep not for me. Don't get distracted. Don't major in minors. Don't be so concerned with the peripheral that you miss the greater picture. Weep not for me. Stop telling people Jesus would do this, Jesus would do that, Jesus would do the other. Get to know me for yourself, then you'll know what I'll do. Weep not for me. It was a young man. I told him, you should come to church. He didn't go to church. I convinced him, by the grace of God, come to church. He said, all right, I'll go. Can I bring somebody with me? He brought two friends with him. These brothers, they didn't uh, wear suits, per se. They lived in the part of the neighborhood where, uh, you know, it's a little rough around the edges. But they wore their best to church. I saw them. It's like, man, I'm so glad to see you. Yeah. What's up, man? Yeah. Glad you're here, boy. Yeah. What's up? I was pleased. And then, 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 I saw somebody walk up to him. I was up in the front, you understand. And they just... What are you doing coming to church like that? Don't you know? Yes, we bring our best to Jesus. And I say it, and I say it, and I say it, and I say it. But if your your best may be different than my best. And Jesus appreciates the gift. And that individual say it, David, had no right. And you wonder why your young people are leaving the church. Had no right. You should be glad they walk in the door. Where else they gonna hear the salvation message? Outside? Be glad they walk in the door. He, 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 he. I looked at them and I saw their face just change. They didn't even stay for the sermon. Brothers just walked. Learned later, one of them committed a crime And for the rest of his life, or until they choose for his life to end. And I talked to him, convinced him. He got two more people to come. And somebody comes there and says, you can't come. This is how Jesus wants you to be. Jesus said, "Weep not for me." From time to time, Connie calls me on the phone. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. But when she, when we were, we had two functioning cars, Connie she would leave early, and, uh, when we, even when we were in Michigan or now here, and she would see a police officer at such and such corner, and she would feel the need, I don't know why, to call me and tell me that this police officer is hiding in such and such place and I need to be careful. And she knows that the speed limit and I are synonymous. We are one. Me and the speed limit. I try to go at least the speed limit all the time. Never accuse me of going under the speed limit. Mm-mm, cop tell me that, i laugh. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not me. So she tells me, she warns uh, 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 me about certain things with David Jr. sometimes his mother uh, uh, you're here and I had this down to say but amen anyway sometimes his his mother may have had a bad day and David may not realize that and I know she's coming home in a certain frame of mind and I say to David See, say, son, this is your father talking to you. It's like, yeah, dad, what's up? Your mom has had a rough day now, David. So if I were you, you see how your bed is looking in there? I'd make that joke up, man. Okay, I'd clean the room. The cat, I'd empty the litter. I'd wash the cat even if you have to. I'd do whatever, whatever you gotta do. Make sure the trash cans are empty. You may even want to put some rose petals down, son, but whatever you gotta do, I would get my house in order before she gets here and she's 15 minutes away. It's good when you have someone to give you a heads up, but isn't Jesus just that kind? He took their sympathy, yes, And and, and he was patient, and he warned them about what was to come. Jesus is always looking out for us, always preparing you for what is to come. I want to be like Jesus. I want to prepare people for what's to come. But not everybody shares that. Not everybody, not everybody that's Christian shares that. Why do we have to warn people? They know better. They were raised in the church, let them go to hell. That's what they get. All that money I paid on tuition for them to go to Adventist school, and they acting a fool, let them go to hell. I don't care anymore. Wasted my money like that. I'd have known they were going to be like that. They could have gone to public school. I could have had my new car. Mm-hmm. But Jesus isn't like that. Satan looked at this thing, the way this played out, and it, he was awestruck. He couldn't believe that in the midst of his pain, In the midst of his suffering, I said that when we get sick, we we, we become more self-centered. But in the midst of his, quote, sickness, Jesus was still caring, still concerned, still loving. He didn't understand that. Because Satan wants to get within us the mentality, why bother? Why bother abundant life? Why bother? Why you have your church? Forget them. Do your in-reach. Get your own stuff going strong. Why bother? You're not going to make a change in that town anyway. Why exhaust the energy? After, After all, little darling signs are up. Don't you see all the stuff when you look at the billboards that just flash and the women and Dan, and don't you see that? Why even bother? Viva Las Vegas. Why even bother? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas anyway. Why bother? Why warn them? Let them die. Let them be stuck in their sin. Give up on them. Concentrate on getting yourselves together. That evangelism stuff, yeah, that's cute. That's what they used to do back in the day. But there's no need. You can't change the city. Just the few of you. Let them die. The same thing that Satan has been saying forever. Adam sinned, Eve sinned, let him die. Enoch sinned, but look, why didn't you let him die? He just went for a walk and I couldn't find him anymore. Moses, I wanted to come get his body. You did let him die, but then look what you did. You came and got him too. Why don't you just let them die in their sins? Why be so sympathetic to them? That's what Satan is telling you. That's what he would have you do. He would have you be comfortable sitting in this pew, coming week after week hearing good sermons or watching them on the computer or getting the recordings of them. He would have you come and have your nice Christian families. Fencing the dog or cat in my case. He would have you think that all that you plunk down gives you salvation. And he has you comfortable in the don't go warn anybody else syndrome. Don't you know why you're here? Why do you think out of all the places you could live, God arranged for you to be in Las Vegas for such a time as this? All the cities, he could have put you in Boston. He could have put you in the city of champions, Philadelphia. But he put you here. Yes, with the the city, with the reputation. But he knew the kind of person he created you to be. And he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is something inside of you that can make a difference in this city. So now is the time, now is the time to take Jesus' words literally. Don't just weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Weep for those that are out there that don't know what's going on. There's a story. There's a story about these people on a boat. And the boat springs a leak, the submarine. And there's only one way to keep everybody on the boat from perishing. And that's for someone to go down and stop the leak. But there was a chance if you went where the leak was. You would have to shut yourself up in that room. And there was a very strong possibility that whoever went down there wouldn't come back up. The captain on the boat was looking around, asking for volunteers. There was silence in heaven. A space of a second no one said a word <laughs> until this young man said i'll go the captain looked at him puzzled and he said okay go ahead the young man went down there fixed the leak Everybody's lives were saved and they were waiting for him to come back up. The captain was waiting to see if he would come back up. The young man didn't come back up. He lost his life to save the lives of others. And the strange part of it is, he was the captain's son And he gave the orders for his son to give his life for those that he was responsible for. I believe (laughs) there's another captain that has a group of people on the old ship of Zion. And he knew that they were on a sinking ship and there was only one way to stop the leak. Satan was there saying, "Uh uh-uh, let him die. The same lie that he says to us, Satan was there the whole while. But like C.C. C. Winans sings, mercy said no. Reading the words of that song, reading them, mercy said no. I'm not gonna let you go. I'm not gonna let you slip away. You don't have to be afraid. Mercy said no. Sin will never take control. Life and death stood face to face. Darkness tried to steal my heart away. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy said no. The enemy would have you think it's over. He would have you think that God doesn't love you. He would have you think that you have gone Too far to be saved. But we used to sing a song in the Bethany Seventh-day Adventist Church in Bridgeton, New Jersey, 08302, 32 South Burlington Avenue. We used to sing a song in my home church. And whenever I get to thinking that I'm not good enough, whenever I get to thinking my sins and oh they were many and still are are so grievous that he won't love me I start singing this song goes like this I really love the Lord I really love the Lord. You don't know what he's done for me. He gave me the victory and that's why I love him. I love him. I Really love the Lord. I love the Lord. Because justice said, (laughs) justice said that X, Y, Z should have happened to David. But mercy said no. Justice said that should have been me up on that cross, but mercy said no. Justice said that I'm not good enough for heaven, but mercy said no. I don't know about you this evening, but I'm so glad for mercy. I'm so glad for mercy. It says in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Thank God tonight for mercy. Because mercy, mercy said to Jesus. If I could have somebody play something for me. Mercy said to Jesus. When his friends, when his friends... Began to, to, to sleep on him. And the devil was there whispering. You ought to give up. Why are you going to be bothered with him? Mercy said no. When he was clinging to the cold, cold earth. Nails like he was being dragged into something. And, the, and it says that he was a uh, 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 perspiring uh, 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 sweat and, 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 and blood, as he's pleading with his father, "If it's possible, let this cup pass from me." But then mercy whispered to him. So he, saw, he said these words, nevertheless. nevertheless, I don't care about that. Thank you, mercy, for speaking to me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. The devil was whispering to him when they tied Jesus' hands together and they're marching him from place to place, beating on him with a stick. The devil said, Why are you going through all of this for them? Don't you know them Las Vegans? They not gonna even care. As they yanked pieces of his beard and pulled them out. Your Jesus and my Jesus. The devil is saying, Jesus, why even bother? But mercy said no. As they drug him from one place to the other, they tied him to the pole. Forty lashes was what was considered what would kill you. They gave him thirty-nine. And as they beat your Jesus and my Jesus, they they say the tip of the whip had little pieces of bone and metal. So when they hit him and pulled it back, The enemy was saying to him, they don't care. They don't even have worship in the morning. They're not going to even think about you. Why bother? But mercy said no. As they made fun of him. You ever had anybody make fun of you and there's nothing you can do about it? They laughed at him after they beat him. They said, oh, you the king, right? Put the crown of thorns on his head. Oh, it's moving. Let me make sure this thing don't come down. Hand me a club. Boom, 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 boom. As the tips come precipitously close to his brain. And then they get a robe after they beat him. Put the robe on his back. Begin to mock the king and after they have enough of this they yank the robe off after the blood has dried excruciating tight pain devil saying they don't care they're not gonna even tell anybody about you why are you gonna go through this for them give up Jesus go back to heaven it's all good But mercy, mercy, said no. They gave him the cross to carry. Whether it was 70 or 170, it was heavy. And after having not eaten for a while, he collapses on the ground. And soldiers are there making fun, kicking and laughing and hissing and spitting on your Jesus. Brothers, those of you all that are married, let somebody hit your wife. You don't want anybody to hit something you are so concerned about. But they did it to Jesus. And sometimes we act as though, so what? And And the enemy told them they're going to say, So what? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't get back up, Jesus. Don't get back up. But he had a conversation with mercy. And mercy said, no. They get him to the place. Those other two fellows, they're fighting this thing. But Jesus thought about you. Mr. Cameraman, and he placed this hand on the cross for you. He thought about you, Mr. President of the conference, and he placed this hand down for you. Dr. Rock, he crossed both legs because he knew if he didn't put the legs together, you would have no chance. And he laid there and wait. And Satan said, you're a fool for doing that. But mercy said no. I want you to watch as they got those big nails and they began to pound them in your Savior. And he utters not a sound. still leave but mercy said no they tie the ropes on the cross because they got the big hole they begin pulling at him and pulling him and pulling him and just when the bottom gets to the hole poof! and all his weight comes down on that spot Crucifixion is death by suffocation. When you get tired, you stop breathing. In order to breathe on the cross, you have to push down and push up. Think about how many times you've breathed since you've been in here. Each time in order to breathe, you push down and push up. Did I mention that his back was beaten? Did I mention that the the, the cross had splinters all in it because it was not the smooth thing? So he's pushing down and pushing up, pushing down and pushing up, hour after hour. And the devil is saying, hey, get down. Mercy said no. Then there are people that are saying to him, if you really the Christ, if you are really the Christ, come down. Show me what you got. Brother like me would have come down off that Joker. Poof! I'd have had the ground swallow one or two of them. Hop back up on there, how you like me now? Mm-mm. I'd have said something to him. But mercy <laughs> said, No, I gotta stay up on this thing. I want you to see, and for the first time in the history of. History, there's been a separation. I was just gone from her for nine days. They were separate for the first time ever. See, I told you, even God the Father doesn't care about you. He left you here by I want you to watch as Jesus says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But then somewhere in there, mercy began to say something. And he knew that none of you would make it. He knew what he had to do. And he said three words, come on David, he said three words that changed the world. All because, all because, all because mercy said no. Jesus said it is it. I commit my spirit and because of the sins that you committed in the past the sins that you're committing right now and the sins that you will commit in the future he had them all on there he said "Uh, uh, the punishment everything it's finished all the lies that Satan will tell you that there's no hope that's finished is nailed to the cross with me what you got Satan The game is over. While heaven knew that, earth didn't understand. So they had a little rest period. You understand. Had the little Friday night happening. Open up the Sabbath sad. All day Sabbath, we sad. Saturday night, wasn't nothing going on. But early, early, I said, early Sunday morning, something happened up in heaven. God the Father said, hey, wait a minute. I've been separated. (laughs) I've been separated from this boy. I've been separated from my son a little too long. I need somebody i need oh i feel like preaching i need somebody to go down there and get my son for me he looked at one angel angel how fast can you get there i can get there in two seconds that's too slow how fast can you get there i can get there in 1.9 seconds still too slow and then he looked at his main man and all he said was "Huh." I'm already here, Jesus. He looked at that stone, that thing that was separating them, and just like Jesus uh, will look at the stone that's separating you from him, that stone that makes you think that you aren't good enough, that stone that'll make you think that you can't come to Jesus, looked at that stone, rolled it away, and said, Jesus, Son of the most high God, thy Father calleth thee and your Jesus, and my Jesus, got up, walked out of there, looked at the devil, nodded at him, looked at the demons, acknowledged their presence, looked at the Roman soldiers. Then he had something to tell him. I'm the resurrection and the life. I hold the keys to hell and death in the palm of my hands. Mercy said no. So on October 30th, 2009, I know something can happen in the abundant life Seventh-day Adventist church. I know something can happen for those of you that are watching on the Internet. Because mercy said no. need you to bow your heads. I need you to pray with me like you have never prayed before. Somebody in here needs Jesus. Somebody in here has felt the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart. Somebody in here knows that it doesn't equal 100%. In your life. And you want to say today, today, T-O-D-A-Y, today, that you want to make that commitment to Jesus. If you find yourself in that number. And you just want to say to Jesus, Jesus, I want our relationship to be strengthened. That's all. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. You want want your relationship with Jesus to just be strengthened. Jesus, I want you to look around this room. Holy Spirit, God the Father, I want you to look around. Lord, as these hands are lifted, as you see these hands, Lord, these are your foot soldiers. Jesus, these are the reasons that mercy said no. No. Second appeal. In addition to us needing to be reconnected, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you know that there are loved ones that we have that need a word from you. And try as we might, we can't get them to come into your presence, But Lord, we're going to ask you to do a new thing by standing on our feet to represent them. By standing on our feet to represent them, we are going to ask you in the name of Jesus. We're going to ask you to send your Holy Spirit wherever they are, whether it's in a casino, whether it's in a club, wherever they are right now, send your Holy Spirit. Spirit, to quicken their hearts, renew their minds, let them know that mercy said no on their behalf. Don't let them rest. Trouble them both day and night until they make that decision to embrace you with all they have. may say, I'm a drunk, he won't take me. Mercy said, no. I'm a liar, I'm a cheater, I'm a backstabber. I'm addicted to pornography, I'm selfish. Mercy says, no, you're not so far gone that I can't save you. And finally, Father, there may be someone watching this via the internet or someone under the sound of my voice in this place that wants more than just a reconnection. They want to reconnect with you fully through the waters of baptism. For it says in Mark sixteen sixteen, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And perhaps there's someone under the sound of my voice that wants to make that type of commitment to you. They want to say, I'm forsaking all my other lovers, and I'm in love with you 100%, Jesus. I need you to pray, saints, it's their one. I know it's embarrassing. People don't like coming up and all of that stuff. I understand the hours late, I know. But when you think about what Jesus did on Calvary, it pales in comparison. Father, you see us. You know who we're standing to represent. And you know those that should come up forward. Father, we place it in your hands. For we know, Proverbs sixteen three. if we commit our plans to the Lord, they will be successful. And I commit this situation, I commit this evening, I commit those that we have prayed for to you. And I look forward, Jesus. I look forward. I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to telling you thank you. I look forward to hearing you say to me, well done. And not just to me only, but all those that love your appearing. Make us a people that'll go out and spread the word and not just study it for ourselves. And help us to bring as many people as we can to you. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you because you've already answered the prayer, Isaiah 65, 24, before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. So we thank you in advance. For what you have done, for we ask these favors and mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you tonight. Saints, didn't I tell you? We've truly been blessed tonight. And as we leave this evening, Let's leave with that that last thought on our mind. Mercy says no. Let's hold our conversations till we depart the building. And let's come back on tomorrow to hear the last message on Sabbath. God bless you.